When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches, and honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash betches. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Up in the morning, gotta thank God. I don't know, but today up, seems kinda odd. No walking from the door, no smoke. And mama cooked the breakfast with no talk. I got my glove on, but didn't dig out. Finally got a call from a girl I wanna dig out. Hooked it up for later as I hit the door. Thinking, will I live another 25? I gotta go, cause I got me a drop top. And if I hit the switch, I can make the ass drop. 
look stuck at a red light Looking in my mirror, not a jack or sight And everything is alright I got a beat from Kim And she can do it all night Call up the homies and I'm asking y'all Which part are y'all playing basketball? Get me on the court and I'm troubled Last week messed around and got a triple-double Freaking brothers every way like MJ I can't believe today was a good day Put those hands up! don't stop that's an awesome mashup yes it is but we have a show to do folks it is so bad it's good with ryan bailey i am ryan bailey this is your tuesday episode that of course was the one and only girl talk one of my favorite mashup artists of all time i i talk about him all the time on this show that was a live soundboard recording from the 2014 coachella set um yeah yeah we all talk about the 2014 set all the time do you have a soundboard recording of the 2014 girl talk show i'm pushing up my nerd glasses as i say that um you know that was a mixture of ice cube and the pixies now pixies is such an amazing band and this is why music is so amazing is is i is music supposed to be passed on right I remember discovering the Pixies for the first time. I had moved from Kansas to Arizona, and I heard a song in a movie. And I was like, who is that? That sounds weird. And then I got like two years older, and I was like, that sounds really cool. And it's it's so awesome how music finds you, or these TV shows that we all love find you, like how art finds you. But then, like, I got super... I think everybody in their youth should have a Pixies phase because you realize how many good music has been spawned because of the Pixies. Like, if you think even about Nirvana, Nirvana was just doing a more uh, palatable version of the Pixies. Even Kurt Cobain admitted that. But, I mean, I think Pixies, those first, like, four albums they did is just wall-to-wall hits. And they kind of created the sound. And uh, I don't know, I mean, they, they, they tour now, they got back together because they were like, hell, we can make money off this? Uh, I don't even think they get along, and, and the female lead singer, unfortunately, got replaced. I think she quit. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, the Pixies are just amazing. I, I can't say enough amazing thing about the Pixies. And that, of course, was the Ice Cube mixed with um, Where Is... Uh, where is your mind? I believe it is, which is the, just the eeriest song that that backing vocal, which just sounds like kind of like a haunted angel. Oh, so so good, so good. Okay, I, I know this isn't a music show. I just I it's like one o'clock on Wednesday, uh, Tuesday morning right now, and I always do this, you guys. I wait till the very last minute. I record all this stuff, and then I spend like two hours trying to find a song. 
And it's like, it really is based on the mood I have at that moment. But I'll sit there and I'm just, I'll try, I'll try to just, I'll just go through everything. I'll go through my entire like iTunes list. I'll dig deep into YouTube. I'll see like, what, what do I feel like Bruce Hornsby? And then I'll try to find like what I think a good Bruce Hornsby mashup would be. It's so bizarre. You guys, how are you? I know I just rambled for a good six minutes, but Hey, it's my podcast, right? I hope you guys are having a great week. Monday, real fun episode with Sophie Ross. I have some big news, guys. I, uh, if you saw my Instagram, uh, I visited the Holy Land today. That's right. I was. Uh, I spent some time at Dorit's room. Uh, the official name is the Capri Room at Buca di Beppo in Encino. I spent a little bit of time there. I filmed a couple cameos. I spoke with some management over there about a possible So Bad It's Good party. Uh, they're in, baby. They are in like Flynn. I don't think they know what... I don't think they know that the gold mine they're sitting on over there. I swear to God. They just let me wander around in that place for, for as long as I For as long as I wanted. They weren't even open to the public. I could have been anybody. I mean, by the way, I am crazy. They let a crazy man into this beautiful Dorit's room. They just let me wander around and shoot videos <laughs> oh. oh but we've got some we've got we're very we're the closest this party has ever been and if you think about it you guys that have listened from the beginning i have talked about this for like a year plus this you guys i used to do these fantasy sequences in the show it would be like three in the morning during the pandemic and i would just talk about these fantasy sequences of this party and how we'd all get on like a two-story tour bus and we would drive around Hollywood drinking and listening to all of our favorite Bravo Liberties songs like, you know, DJ James Kennedy's Top Man. Uh, Erica Jane, I don't think we'll be playing her anymore, but of course, Countess Luann. Uh, we won't be playing any of Candace's from Potomac's music. Uh, oh, by the way, yesterday I said everybody was starting on an even slate. That's out the window, baby. <laughs> that is out the window. Nobody's on an even slate. I don't forget, it turns out. I'm coming for you, Giselle. I'm coming for you, Jizzy. It ain't going to fly with me this year. No, 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 no. I gave you five minutes. You blew it. You blew it. <laughs> but I'm so excited to report that. It is really, it does give you such a good feeling being in there. And I can't wait to be in there with you guys, uh, whoever wants to, to come to this party. I mean, I would, I just, maybe I'll just throw like a party there every week or something. It seems like, it seems like we can mutually. Okay. You know, more details to come with that. Let's get into some stuff because I'm going to do a full, uh, real Housewives of Potomac recap of the season premiere because I loved it so much. You guys, it, it felt like just slipping into one of your comfiest pair of sweatpants you know and they still fit they're like even a little bit looser and you're like "Ooh, damn this is cozy and that's how it felt watching the first episode it did exactly what i wanted it to do and that's so exciting it was not disappointing in the least and it wasn't like too much it was just the right amount what is that uh the, the goldilocks the three bears like this one was too hot and this one was too cold, but this one was just right. Real Housewives of Potomac is just right. I think I just butchered that fairy tale. Uh, real quick, though, I do want to do one story that kind of popped up in the news, and I was waiting to see if anything else dropped. 
But it looks like we're safe for the night. But um, this is Southern Charm news, you guys. Now, do you guys remember uh, Naomi uh, from Southern Charm, Craig's ex? who got one of the weirdest she had like the most perfect kind of nose and then she got like a a who like a like a one of the who's from from uh dr seuss kind of like and she's like such a stunning woman anyways that that doesn't matter still gorgeous but she remember she's dating that matul guy um and he was on that season of southern charm and then she decided not to go back to the show well it turns out and she moved to new york with him a couple weeks ago guys turns out this fuck nut is cheating on her with his ex with and and she discovered all of these text messages from her so she unfollowed him on Instagram and uh I guess she she came back to Charleston to she's really good with friends with Madison and I guess discovered this there and uh he cheated with his ex and it really it's so sad she even posted uh, you know, you think you think even like kind of these reality stars are safe from doing the stuff we do, you know, like when we, we feel bad, we just post away. And she did the same thing. She posted something crying uh, with her cat and just saying how bad she feels and she'll regret posting this later and stuff. And that he did. She she found disgusting messages. This guy's a Matool, T-O-O-L. Yeah. Hey, buddy, if I see you two hits. Me hitting you, you hitting the floor, buddy. That's what I'll say right now. And I, you know, I, I didn't, I knew this guy was bad news from the start because he presented as perfect. He had like a like perfect body, washboard abs. I think he was a doctor, but this guy was a loser. He wasn't fun. You remember that scene when he told her, like he, he kind of told her what not to eat. You know, and I was like, yo, boy, you know, you don't mess with anybody and their food. Okay, food is a very personal thing, and so. I remember watching him and going, okay, yeah, Naomi, if that's the, if that's the boring life you want, this guy will potentially never make a mistake and that's boring. And now it turns out he is boring and he's also a fucking creep. So, you know, and by, and Naomi, I I read some girl's comment today. Well, like, oh my God, if Naomi can get cheated on, what chance do I have out there? Which is just one of the most bizarre, sad statements I've ever read because it's not about looks you know like at the end of the day it's not about looks everybody is susceptible to a douchebag guy and of course yes there are douchebag girls out there i've met some yes definitely i'm not saying it's all guys at all but i'm just saying it's not look based like and also this guy obviously thought naomi was some part of him didn't like naomi because he went and did that And then also I read, this is what cracks me up. I read so many comments. Oh my God, she can get back together with Craig now. Are you guys out of your GD minds? I do not get this fascination with, yeah, let's get her back together with the person she didn't like in the first place. You guys were pulling the same shit with Khloe Kardashian last week with Lamar Odom. Oh, I hope she, I hope she gets back with Lammy. Really? Because Lammy doesn't seem like he's doing too well. Remember, he was like addicted to drugs and was cheating on her with multiple women. Like, that's not somebody we should suggest she run back to. We want Lammy to be good and healthy and potentially find another love of his life. But we don't want, like, too much pain there. And by the way, if you watch Southern Charm, we saw how Naomi... I mean, she pretty much made fun of Craig by the end. Like, really demasculate. I mean, it was like, Craig is on the upswing. But at the same time, I still don't... I Guys, I don't think this is... 
you know, we all know Craig. I, I mean, Craig is extremely good looking. I mean, extremely good looking. But it does worry me a little that he just opened a pillow shop and a law office at the same time. That is a hair weird. And he doesn't seem to be it either because he's in New York taking, like, by the way, a paparazzi shot we got him of him and Paige on his lap being all touchy-feely, meet-cutie on a New York City street. So this guy's putting his dick in anything that moves. I mean, no, Paige is, you know, Paige is awesome, I'm sure, you know, but I'm saying we also have word that Craig's been, you know, dipping his dipstick and everything else. And suppose he's on Summer House. So Craig, we don't need Naomi to go from one bad thing to potentially another bad thing. Like, we all support Craig. We want him to do good. But like, really, would you want, I mean... Yeah, you guys, all you girls want like a, and guys want like a, you know, a a roll around in the hay with him for one night. But do you really want him to be your boyfriend? You know what? I can already hear you guys all saying yes. But think about it. Think about how that breaks down. You're going to have Austin over at your house 24-7, allegedly doing substances and drinking bad IPAs and uh, playing video games going live on Instagram all the time. And you're going to have to, like, keep telling them to quiet down because you have to go to a real job because Craig won't lend you any money even though he's loaded. Because he's like, you got you to gotta make your own way in this world. You know he's going to be like that. And then you're always going to be like, uh, Craig went out with the boys in a different state tonight. He's in New York at the club scene. You're going to see some girl go live on Instagram. You're going to see you're going to see him in the background, probably touching boobies and butts in a New York City club. You know what I'm saying? I think Craig has a lot of oats to sow. I think Craig will not potentially really, truly settle down until he's 51. Or the other thing is, gets married in the next year, five years he's out, he'll be on his second marriage by 50. That's that's the truth of that, you guys. I hate to break it to you. It doesn't stop the fact that he's extremely good looking. Nobody can take that away from him. Only father time. <laughs> um. You know what? I the, That's why I prefer now, I have to tell myself, that I prefer myself now because, like, I feel I genuinely do get better looking as I get older. If you start off looking like sort of a um, sloth from the Goonies kind of a thing, you ven- like you eventually just age will, will kind of even things out. So I'm kind of praying it does the opposite for Craig. He started really good looking, and I'm hoping he just kind of ages like a Charles Shaw Trader Joe's wine, you know, completely devalues over time. But, I mean, it really is shocking news. It really, because this Matul, he presented is so perfect, and we got your number, buddy. Us Bravo fans, we got your number, dude. Do not come our way. Do not cross us, brother. You just signed, you just signed an ass-kicking warrant right there. Because all these Bravo fans, we're going to, hey, if you even step foot at BravoCon, brother, you're going to, hey, guess who's not going to Dorit's room? Matul. So we'll uh, we'll give you more news on that as it comes. Oh, also, it, it supposedly, now I've heard like this 30 times, Kanye West is releasing a new rap album. It's probably, it was supposed to drop on uh, Thursday or Friday of last week. And, of course, he's still tooling around with it, which is just very normal. His last couple of albums, he's done this. I, I'm hearing they, they say it's a rap album, not a secular music album. So I'm very curious about that. The thing is, I will always be down to hear Kanye's music. Always. I'm not a fan of secular music in general, but I would love another rap album. Or just to see where his mind's at 
in terms of music. I really, really have always has I've always loved the majority of his music, and I would just be curious. It's it's been nice to have a Kanye free like Twitter break, you know. So I am kind of curious where he's at. Um, also today, our guest is Jesse Montana. Now Jesse is awesome. Uh, he is a guy that you have seen in so many scenes of Vanderpump Rules. But you, you might just, you would recognize his face, but you might not know exactly who he is. And he actually works at Sir. But not only that, he's a musical artist. I dig his music. He has a new song out. And I thought, it, like, kind of a cool person to talk to, especially in this moment. And he has so much history with this show. He was the guy that told Britney about Faith. And that, that started that whole thing. And we actually talk about that moment towards the end of the interview. But we also got to talk about what it's like to be, you know, uh, Asian American this past year. Uh, we we, we got to talk about what it's like to be a gay man this past year. We, we got to get into, we got into some deep stuff. And I just really dug that conversation. Um, but, um, and that, that, it gets a little serious at times. So don't worry, I'm going to be super goofy on my Real Housewives of Potomac recap. Uh, are you guys good? I hope you are. I hope you are. Let's just get into this though. Um, because we have got a full season of Potomac ahead of us. Now, I'm going to do something rather obvious that you've heard so many times from Bravo fans is that if you are not on the Potomac train, get on it. This is what I'm going to say. All the goodwill I have built up with you guys over the years, I'm going to risk it all on this show. If you do not like this show, if you watch season five, last season... And you come to an end of it and say, Ryan, I didn't like it. I'm going to let you kick me in the nuts. That's right. That is a real Housewives Potomac nut-kicking promise from me to you. You're going to get a front seat at Dorit's room at Buca de Beppo. And I'm going to let you kick me in the nuts in front of everybody, okay? That's how much I believe in the show. And we've got to support the shows we believe in, right? Because we see how Real Housewives of New York is going. Oh, and by the way. Isn't it funny? I just said this last week on the show. I said my prediction that Ramona and Luann, this will be their last season. And then what do you know? Today on Radar Online, which is, you know, definitely not the most trustworthy news source, says that producers are uh, pretty close to axing Ramona after this season. And that is exactly what I said. And people were, a lot of people were up in arms about it. It's, it's funny. It definitely does split the room. But it is something necessary um, I, and not just Ramona, Luana as well. It's just these producers do need to make a kind of a bold move at some point and say, we're not thinking about next year. We're thinking about 10 years from now. And I have a feeling it's going to be easier to cut Ramona than to explain why you would cut Leah and Ebony. Um, you know, I think the only one that is safe right now fully is Ebony. And I just don't think they can cut Ebony um, at this moment, because she really is going in and she is doing so much heavy lifting for the producers in terms of the message that they're having her give. I mean, they brought her on knowing who she was. This is exactly what they wanted her to do. And it might not be playing well to people, but that is exactly what they wanted her to do. So they can't bail on her. I think they're in a really, really weird position right now. And we'll see how it plays out. But uh, you know, I think we all kind of, it, it's not the most enjoyable show, nor does it have to be, you know, 
but Potomac now, Potomac, it just already, it's just like just the, the relationships, you guys. Any good show starts with relationships, and this show has them. There is not a weak person on the cast, even though I will make jokes all the time about Candace not deserving to be there because I was more of a fan of Monique just based on the show, not in her personal life. And I think, you know, just like my mom always said, if you go running around your mouth, you're going to get smacked at some point. And that's what, like, Candace runs her mouth. And I just, that is just not, the. sometimes I don't dig that, that kind of person. You know, like, Karen runs her mouth, but Karen is so funny at it. Karen will just, like, make up things out of the blue and kind of, like, like oh, you, you know what your, you and your blue dick will do. Like, that's just, I just made that up. But that's, that's Karen. That she'll, she'll be like, you got cloudy boobies. Like, what does that even mean? What does that mean, Karen? But she, she says it with such conviction. You got to love a person like that. And Giselle, that green-eyed devil, I'm telling you, I want to throw her as far as I can. Don't worry, you guys, I'm not very strong, so that wouldn't be very far. And I'd, of course, put out some kind of mat so she would land softly. But... She gets into everybody's business. Just, but, but at the same time, that is a classic housewife trope. We need people like Giselle. As much as I dislike her, I'm a grown man. <laughs> I'm a grown man watching these shows. And I can accept that she plays a part on the show. But even Robin, even Ashley, even even the new girl Mia, Chef's Kiffs, Wendy, Wendy and her new tatas. Amazing, you guys. Amazing. Because you get the sense they're real relationships. You get the sense they're real people. And it's new still. They are only on their sixth season. I'm telling you, come on in the water, guys. The water is fine. You're going to love it. So this episode is called The Nude Interlude. Now, as a 13-year-old boy in my mind at all times, I was like, what is this? The Nude Interlude. Uh, We're going to see nudes? Um, You know, we're we're seeing... uh, we're seeing clips in the beginning, like, you know, we see Giselle and they're kind of like, uh, they're in their talking heads and they're like action and Candace, of course, we're like five seconds into the show and she goes, camera speed. She sings already. And I was just like, how dare you get out of that seat? Monique belongs in that seat, woman. And you're already making us hear you warble. Oh, um, we see Robin. She's like sticks, sticks, because that's what you do when you um, when you roll camera. You'll that you know the clapper, you know the black and white clapper. You always see like action. Those are sticks, and it matches up. It syncs the sound with the image. I even sometimes will do that on the podcast if somebody else is recording from a different area and sending me their audio. You'll like clap at the beginning, and you'll have them clap so you can line up the claps at the right place to start the audio. Um, and the producer asks, um, oh, and also we see Ashley going, I'm going to zip this dress, honey. You just wait. Also, guys, I can't promise I'm going to do voice work on this like I do with my fabulous Real Housewives of Beverly Hills voice work because I'm still feeling things out. It's early in the season. I'm trying to see what these ladies' voices are to me. You know, I'm I'm just, I'm I'm... I'm a lightning rod. I need I need the energy to go through me. So we're just going to take it. You know, you'll see, this is this is the life of an artist. You'll see me as I go develop. 
voices. So Ashley's like, I'm going to zip this dress, honey. You just wait because she's pregnant, you guys. She's like eight and a half months pregnant. And the producer goes, in one word, describe the last year. And Giselle says, toxic. And there's a flashback to the Monique and Candace fight. And uh, there's a flashback to the reunion of the are you back with Jamal? And then Karen going, that's not what the word on the street is. And Wendy says, last year taught me who is plotting behind your back. And then we have a flash forward, you guys, of a scene in the future where Karen says, um, Giselle, I'm a bigger person. And Giselle says, if you're going to fucking apologize, apologize to me, boo-boo. <laughs> boo-boo. <laughs> Come on, they say cool things like boo-boo. So Giselle goes, if you're fucking going to apologize, apologize to me, boo-boo, boo-boo. Dude, I'm telling you, if you're at your job right now, and especially if you're new at your job, like you're just coming back from like a year and a half pandemic, go up to somebody and go, how was your weekend? Boo-boo? 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 Wendy in a talking head says, you never know who your real friends are. And then we go to a flash forward and Candace is screaming at, uh, Ashley and goes, you brought your wide-bodied ass to spread lies and bullshit. Oh, your wide-bodied ass. That is so vivid. That's, you know what? That is what these ladies, even Candace, that's what they do that none of the other ladies, the specificity. In acting, it's all about specificity. And these guys are painting such vivid pictures. Wide-bodied ass? Boo-boo? Wide body that like who have you would you guys get into a fight and you would immediately be knowing how to pull out wide bodied ass? That actually is a talent. It really is. Then we get a flash forward of Mia, uh the new girl, throwing a salad in a kitchen, which is like, oh, that's like kind of physical violence. Um, and Wendy back to her voiceover and goes, Don't listen to them. Watch them and does that thing where you point at your eyes and then out you know like i'm looking at you i'm looking at you i got you you're on my radar you know so obviously something's going on with wendy too somebody breaks wendy's trust i love it so already in the first minute i was so frustrated because i had to take so many notes in the first minute and i was like damn this is good i'm gonna have to warm up my fingers every time i take notes on this show also i do want to say giselle has silent film actor face where everything's a big reaction and i know that's a good thing but i just want to also point out i don't like her um but she's not like lisa renna yet for me but if if i had five more seasons i think she'd be there i i think she would be right up there with lisa renna for me so we get the opening the taglines are whatever. Ashley's is a weird. Ashley's is weird. Hers is the only thing messier than two boys is me. <laughs> what a weird tagline! It's literally saying, "Hey guys, I'm potentially a piece of shit." Like that is so weird. What a weird tagline! Like I'm messy as fuck, you guys. 
Um, so we start off the episode, you guys, and Wendy, Dr. Wendy, Dr. Wendy Acefo is doing this sexy walk in a mink coat on her second floor of her house. And then she goes to the doorway, you guys, and all of a sudden it turns red, like the lights flash red. And then we hear a voiceover, the nude interlude, you are all cordially invited, redefining what it means to look and feel sexy. Wear nude colors. I, I wear like nude, wear flesh tones, wear, wear flesh tones. Food and drink will be provided. See you soon. XO Gossip Girl. No, XO Wendy. And Eddie, we see is filming her. Eddie, you guys, is her husband. Um, so Eddie, I thought Eddie did a great first season. He was really quiet at the reunion, but I really liked Eddie a lot. And there was a couple rumors that came out that he got busted cheating. And I really hope that's not the case. Because if not, I'm going to kick him off. If it is true, he's going on to Matul Island. Yeah, Matul Island. Two hits, Eddie. Um, so uh, Eddie is like, uh, yeah... And, and then Wendy goes, this is hard work dancing. I'm giving rich auntie vibes that uh, rich auntie vibes that have come out of the prison. Uh, remember, auntie is, uh, is, is, a, is a word that just kind of means, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, just an older, uh, an older lady, uh, not as cool as the youngins. I like auntie. I'm kind of an auntie. I think. I don't know. So, new scene. <laughs> the producers shade Giselle, and they write Giselle's West Wing. Because remember, Giselle has been working on this house forever. And also, for all you new people that do not watch Potomac, remember, their timestamp, if you want to skip right to our guest today, Jesse Montana. But just if you, so you know, Giselle has horrible taste. Uh, she cannot dress herself worth a damn and her house has been under construction for a long time we saw one of the rooms last season and now uh they say we're in giselle's west wing she's uh talking to grace her daughter what she wants for lunch then we get to a new scene karen is watering her plants in her house and she goes there you go you're so thirsty and she kisses her plants very awesome i love see i don't and karen can do no wrong in my book i love her so much and at the same time, Giselle, I dislike her so much. But I bet it's if you like Giselle, you dislike Karen. I bet it goes both ways. They're both powerhouse women. Like, honestly, powerhouse. Uh, now we go to a new scene, Robin's house. Um, now Robin is, uh, is engaged now to uh, Juan Dixon, a former NBA basketball player, now a coach. And they, uh, he asked her to, to marry him again, to renew... Uh, they were married before, and then he cheated on her. God, it turns out. Do you guys notice this? Um, I'm noticing this pattern where guys will just cheat. I don't know if you guys have picked up on this. Maybe I'm the first person to ever put that together. It just seems like it's a, a guy thing. Uh, so we're at Robin's new house. They're they're building a house, and Juan and her are standing out in front, and they're like, okay, this is our new house. And then we cut to Candace, uh, and they show her old townhouse that her mom Dorothy bought her, and it sold for eight hundred thousand. And then we go to their new place, which is a ten point five thousand square foot, one point one million dollar house, six bedrooms, seven bathrooms. We see Candace with the designer. Uh, she's letting him know that the great room, their living room, she wants it to be uh, homey, 
but still beautiful, you guys. That's all you can ask from a great room. Then we're in a new scene with Ashley. Now, Ashley is pregnant again. Now, she also has their baby, Dean, who is 18 months old. And in this scene, he has a poopy diaper. So just imagine this little baby, Dean, 18 months, walking around with a poopy diaper. Uh, so that just sets that stage. Also, you guys... Ashley is such a bubbly, effervescent lady, and you would think, this is a really cool lady. Now, the one big issue with Ashley Darby is that she is married to a man named Michael Darby. Now, Michael is just creepy as fuck, you guys. He is a bald, he, he looks like a, like, say, like, you know, precious, my precious, I want the ring, you know, Gollum from Lord of the Rings. It's, it's like if Gollum was a human and didn't look gray but just looked white that's Gollum is Michael Darby Michael Darby is Gollum it's it's it, 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 it's exactly he is so creepy you guys and the thing with Michael Darby is he's gra he plays grab ass with a lot of the producers like the male producers or the male cameramen and that's like an ongoing plot line and he's grabs a lot of guys and he flirts with the guys even like like last last season we all joked that it's like he we thought he he wanted Juan Dixon Robin's guy he's like Juan don't do it what if we can't have Vegas trips anymore he's just a creeper and he got caught cheating but he also might have like some bisexuality in there which is like hey yo all, all's good you know but he's just a creep and the fact that he did make all of these kind of cameramen uncomfortable by grabbing their ass while they were at work the fact that he's still on the show i gotta say all joking aside it really is disappointing and it kind of dampens my enthusiasm for ashley a little bit you know and also, I hate to say it because all babies are cute, but um, Dean, their baby, really scares me because it kind of looks like Michael Darby. So I hate when you have those babies where you dislike the father and then that the, you know, your dislike of the father makes you think poorly of the baby. I, I realize that sounds crazy, but you know what I'm saying? Where you're like, oh, you're going to grow up to be like your daddy, aren't you? You're going to lose all that hair one day, too. You know, so it already kind of you, you Ashley has some heavy lifting to do to get back in good graces even though she seems really cool but I don't get what you see in Michael Darby besides money and it's not like it even seems like that much money they're still living in this like weird penthouse it looks like they have concrete floors I don't know um if you're not uh Oh, yeah, so Dean is running around in this little baby car, and he's like, if you're not going forward, you're not going anywhere. He drives like you. He's bumping into walls. That's my Michael Darby, and the kid is just running on the plaster walls with this car. And it's 10 days away before the new baby comes. They're putting together the new baby's bassinet, but imagine having to film 10 days before you pop. That's crazy. Uh, Ashley lets us know she didn't grow up with a father of her own, and she didn't know what a father looked like, and we have a flashback to Ashley trying to meet her dad and her dad refusing to meet her, and she goes, Michael is the most incredible father, and yes, he is Dean's favorite, so I know with the new baby, Michael will be a great dad to this baby. That is a very gracious attitude to have for somebody that is such a creep. It is so... I just always... I always find it fascinating when women give it up to men who don't necessarily deserve it. It's like, okay, cool. You're a good father. You're shitty at everything else. Like, you know, why don't we just call it less spade is bad and you don't have to give any compliments at all, you know? So, um, Ashley says, uh, 
you know, oh, Michael, it must be hard for us both vying for your attention, me and your son. And he goes, yeah, I'll relax at work and I come home to this. Ugh. <laughs> okay. So Ashley says, I can't even imagine having sex right now, but it is recommended. And then Ashley lets us know, and I'm just trigger warning, you might throw up when I say this. We haven't had sex since I was five months pregnant. It's been four months. It's been a long time. And Michael's like, yeah, we can try it. We can try it. <laughs> and Ashley's like, I thought Michael might uh, cheat on me, you know, in this whole scenario. There's a flashback to them going to therapy where they said, I want us to be open with each other this time when we're upset at each other. And, um, you know, Michael's like, yeah, very good. Yes, very good. And so Ashley's like, yeah, I kind of, you know, it seems like everything's just back to normal. So whatever. Um, a new scene. We're back at Candace's. Giselle, that green-eyed demon, goes over there. And Giselle steps out of her car and sees the house and goes, George and Wheezy done moved, done moved up. And we meet Naya, who's eight years old, and it's Candace's bonus child. Now, Chris, her husband, has kids from a different marriage. He has, like two different baby mamas i believe and uh so she has naya eight and mateo 11 and they seem like really good kids you know i would love to make fun of them but they actually seem like really sweet well-mannered kind of nervous kids in front of the camera and we find out they they get to watch the kids for a month because of virtual school and, uh, you know, Candace says, I want to be more comfortable in my bonus momness. And so far, it's just, it's been a haze. And, uh, but, uh, so they're eventually going to have kids. I mean, this is kind of what her storyline was a little bit about last season of kind of thinking, oh, yeah, I think I could maybe want kids. I never wanted them before, but maybe. Um, we uh, also have Giselle saying, Candace, you wanted a two-story entryway, and now you got it. And then Candace goes, the Lord delivered. And I just, no offense to the Lord or what, you know, I just, I never, I never have thought like, oh, dear Lord, please get me Old Navy's fall collection. You know, like, I've always, you know, like, oh, Lord, please give me a two-floor, you know, I guess there's like, I, I would, I would say like, save that for the vision board. Like, don't believe, don't bring God into it, you know? Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, is that, are we, I mean, you can, I guess, but like, you know, why don't you just vision board that shit or meditate on it? Like, I feel like we don't need to ask God for those kind of things. God is like, do you see what's going on? It is really, I'm trying my best with global warming here, you know? I got to make sure people are vaccinated. <laughs> vaccinated. Um, so, uh. There's a flashback from the reunion to Candace saying that she paid the full mortgage on this new house. And I just don't buy it, you guys. We know Dorothy, her mom. We know Dorothy, her mom, pitched in for this. We also get to see the guest room, which is Dorothy's room, Candace's mom. And there is a life-size cardboard cutout of their mom in the corner. And uh, I guess Dorothy loves it. Dorothy loves the cardboard cutout, which... You know, you know what I thought when I saw that. I was like, ah, do I need a Dorothy cardboard cutout for my room? I got all this other shit. Why don't I just like get a Dorothy cardboard cutout? Like, right? Like you just come into my room and see a Dorothy cardboard cutout. It'd be totally normal. 
Uh, we see Chris's favorite room is the kitchen. Candace squeezed some fresh grapefruit juice for a mimosa. I I'm so Midwestern. I always thought it was just orange juice and mimosas. I didn't know you could do other juices. Can you do pineapple juice mimosas? I guess you can. It's like you can put, like, Diet Coke in anything. You put anything in anything. Yeah, I guess you physically could. But just is it meant to be? I don't know. Um, we also see her Howard University MBA notebook because she is taking courses for her MBA in business. Uh, Chris comes in. His beard is very big and gray, white, black. Uh, I always like Chris. I really like Chris. I like her husband a lot. Um, and if I ever meet him, I'll be like, man, sorry, you got the short end of the stick with Candace, you know. Um, he's been doing online cooking teaching course. He's been doing online cooking, teaching courses, playing golf. And we see him pull out. <laughs> I swear to I shit you not, you guys. He pulls out like what looks like a four loco. It's like a very small moment. But he pulls like this big can out of a fridge. And I swear to God, it looked like a four loco. And I was like... Why is Chris drinking a Four loco in the afternoon? But I guess if you have to deal with Candace, you're probably drinking Four loco. It's just probably a part of the jam. You know what I'm saying? Um, so Giselle, oh no, so Candace asks um, Giselle, how are things with you and Jamal? Ugh, come on, Pastor Holy Whore. And Giselle goes, not good. Not good. And uh, she goes, life is day to day right now. Life is day-to-day -day right now. And uh, Giselle goes, it's too much pandemic. And so, but, but remember where we left off at the reunion where Monique provided receipts that Pastor Holy Whore, Jamal, was slinging his big D all around town, all around Atlanta, I believe. I think it's Atlanta. Uh, you know, slinging his big D, which all the time, ladies, I, I got to... I keep warning you guys or just advising you guys when you're ripping on a guy, don't say he has a big dong in the rip because you're complimenting them at the same time that you're ripping on him. Like if you're going to say like, Oh, like, what would you say? Like, uh, Oh, Ryan keeps his bedroom. Like Ryan, that huge donged fool keeps his bedroom messy. You're not going to even care about the bedroom messy part because you're going to be too hung up on like, Oh, he's got a big dong. Oh, he's got a big dong. Like, that's what you're focused on. So if you want to hurt somebody, say small dong. He's, sing he's slinging that small dong all around town. You know? I think that's just such an obvious thing. But it's like, why compliment the man if you're trying to hurt him, you know? So Giselle's like, ah, you know, he lives in another, another state. Would be nice if someone lived eight minutes down the road from me. In 2020, we saw each other maybe once a month. He sees 8,000 people a month because he's a pastor. And Candace goes, well, I mean, well, come on. We have vaccines now. You know, you could actually see him more. And she's like, the mountains that couple has climbed. I just, I don't believe, I don't believe they would break up. Um, and Candace keeps going, well, you would have to be getting to know a whole new person at your age. <laughs> Which is just sad. And I, I'm just paying attention to this for myself, too. It's just that, like, it's so... Are we, you know, it's so hard. Like, oh, we, you know, it's like, oh, okay, cool. So I should potentially be miserable because I'm getting to an age where, you know, it might not happen with somebody I fully like. That is such a dark thought, but that's pretty much what Candace is saying. 
I don't know. I swear to God, that's those are that's when these shows really freak you out. When you'll be laughing, laughing, kind of like hating Candace, and then all of a sudden something will be said, and it kind of just like, oh my God, it starts making you think about your own mortality and where you are, and you're like, oh my God, will I ever love again? Ah, ah. Um, I'm sorry, I just went through something right there. Um, <laughs> so, um, and uh, Giselle goes, or. I can just be my, by myself for a while. And uh, she wonders if what Karen said at the reunion has anything to do with it. Or Monique's receipt book. And we have a flashback of Candace going, Oh, that's unfortunate when Monique produce, produces receipt. And, uh, you know, Giselle goes, Oh, so K- Karen was just talking crap. Oh, Karen the hater. Um, and uh, she goes, I don't want to go there with Karen. I loved her like a sister, like an auntie, but I had the rug of friendship ripped out and you don't recover from that, Candace says. Because remember, Candace, you know, Karen was between Candace and Monique and Candace felt that Karen stood up for Monique more than for Candace. Now, I don't think that was necessarily true, but Candace, it was just, that was, that's what upset me so much was that Monique was definitely in the wrong because she laid hands on things. But then on top of it, Candace wanted everybody to agree with her. Everybody needed to then shut Monique out because of Candace. When it's like Candace had so much to do with that fight as well. And I just felt like Candace did not accept any sort of blame for that. She kind of weaseled her way out of being a part of that at all. And just said she was the one that was, I hate to use a word, uh, you know, from, from Sutton and Crystal from Beverly Hills, but violated, you know? Um... So we're in a new scene, and this is we get to see the man. I love Ray. I love Karen Huger's husband, Ray. He's just like a kind of an older man, and he's just always walking up the stairs slowly, and he's always like got a chuckle. He's like, <laughs> Karen is doing a little spring cleaning, trying to find her wedding gown. She tells Ray she's going to cut a patch out of it for her daughter, so her daughter can sew it into her wedding dress. We get a flashback of their wedding photos. And I got to tell you, Karen Huger was a dime. I think she's still a very beautiful lady, but she was very pretty. And actually, by the way, I I keep meaning to put a picture of this on Instagram. I said, um, I'd said on a podcast that I wanted Grand Dame perfume, you know, just for my reality show museum. And a listener, Heather Nicholson sent me a little bottle of Grand Dame perfume. And I got to tell you, it makes me feel like a lady. I love it. It's much better than the Vicky Gunvalson perfume I own. I actually do own Vicky Gunvalson perfume. You know, if you see a bottle like that at Ross, you got to pick it up. That's like a no-brainer. Um, so we see flashback of their wedding photos. And it's one of those things that is, I, I think I was sentimental when I was watching today. Because you see those photos and you see the passage of time. And you see Ray's kind of an older man now. And he was kind of like a, you know, kind of a hip middle-aged man in the wedding photos because he's a little older than Karen and you're just like man time goes so fast time just goes so fast um so they are also going to renew their vows Ray asked her to renew their vows at the um the reunion and Karen's like you know we've been thinking about you know renewing vows has not sometimes had the best luck involved so our daughter said we should name it we had to do it twice. Oh, no. We we should name it So Nice We Had to Do It Twice. And uh, Ray's like, yeah, 25 years. It is an institution. 
Um, Ray says, you know, we aren't going to do it over the top, though. And Karen's like, Zoiks, do you have an objection to me doing it over the top? And Karen goes, remember, you canceled my first wedding on me, Ray. And we see another picture of like a young, just as hot Karen as the wedding photo. And I guess Ray took his ring back because like Karen took on, like it took a trip without telling him, I guess. And he came back. He's like, no, give me back my ring. Like, you know, Ray was like, you will not do that on my watch. Um, He says, we repeat our love ceremoniously with uh, this pandemic, of course, but we just got to do it with less people. And you know, we're too old for a big wedding. And Karen's like, who's too old? Speak for yourself. And Karen goes, I'm only inviting girls out of our circle who love us. And then she brings up Giselle and she's like, yeah, you know, Giselle is not my friend. And Ray says, well, I still have hope for you guys. And Karen's like, I don't. She's always saying negative things about me. And then we cut to the Giselle Candace scene. And Giselle says, I left Karen alone. She had a lot on her plate. Her husband doesn't love her and complaining about his ding dong all the time because that was the thing last season. I guess remember Karen got drunk and it came out. Robin said that uh, she got drunk and complained about raised race penis. <laughs> it's like, how dare you? And it, that she didn't want to have sex with him. And it's like, those are the things, man. I would hate to be in a relationship. And then my girl went on a reality show and then complained about my dong. It's like, just think about that. You're having a bad day. Life kind of slight, just a bad week. And all of a sudden you watch your wife on TV and you're like, okay, cool. And then the scene gets to like, and he has a horrible dong. <laughs> it's like, you can't live that down. It's like, it's on Bravo. Which, by the way, did you guys watch The Bachelorette tonight? Oh, the one dude who dressed up like a cat in the first episode. I'm not going to tell you if you, I don't want to spoil things, but man, that guy's got to be <laughs> hurting today. It was actually kind of entertaining uh, to watch. You guys got to see it. And Candace, of course, is eating it up. The Giselle is saying, you know, talking shit about Karen. Uh, she's laughing. Um, but Giselle's like, if you want to make up lies, you know, I can tell the truth, which I have never done yet with Karen. So Giselle's basically saying, oh, I'll tell the truth and bring you down. And uh, Candace is like, what? And she's like, whatever I feel like saying that day, I will say against Karen. And uh, Giselle says, we've known each other for a decade. And for her to spread lies like that about me and Jamal, our friendship is over. And Candace goes, let me know the day you do this so I can have my hard hat on. But the whole thing about Giselle's anger is bullshit. Because she's basically saying Karen is sticking her nose into our relationship. And that is fucking bullshit, you guys. Because that is all Giselle does. Giselle needs to look into a mirror and see that ugly outfit she has on and also take a step back from all the crap she's spewing because she that she lives for getting into people's business. That is literally her main character trait. And like the fact that she doesn't like that it's somebody that it's her, it's like, sorry, that's, that's getting a spoonful of your own medicine. Yeah, take that medicine up in that spoon. That's what you're doing. A new scene. Uh, we're back to that Karen Ray say. And Karen says to Ray, you know, I see Giselle clearly now. I do. I see her clearly now. And, you know, she has misdirected her anger towards me instead of to the man who hurt her, Jamal. I think she needs to get some help, Ray. No shame on this. God forbid she look at herself. And I pray for her. I pray for her in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And uh, Karen goes, let me sit on your lap as I ask for my renewal gift to Ray. Um, 
And then at that moment, we get uh, she gets all the girls get their text message from Wendy with the nude interlude that we saw her filming at the beginning. So Karen's like, what is this? Because it's, you know, her sexually, sexually walking in a mink and it turns to, re- to red. And Ray's like, where's my glasses? <laughs> and Karen's like, why? You, don't, you do not need to look at Wendy any closer. Uh, we get a new scene. We, still, we see Giselle seeing it. We see Candace seeing it. They're all like, what? We go, we see Ashley seeing this. And uh, she goes, oh my God, Wendy, Dean, close your eyes. You know, Dean, the 18-month-year-old. And Dean's like, I'm going to tell Daddy that he has whack-off material later. Um, We see Robin seeing it. And Robin goes, what the fuck is this? Okay, Wendy, okay. Shake it, Professor. Um, Robin, you know, I sometimes have my disagreements with Robin in terms of she pals around with Giselle too much for my liking. But at the end of the day, Robin is all of us. Robin is somebody that is genuinely struggling, I think, a lot. And she's just kind of like, she's a little lazy. A little like I didn't think life would be like this, you know, just like she's kind of I, I recognize a lot of us in her, you know. So a new scene uh, back to Karen and Ray again. And she's like, it's a nude party, Ray. It's and then Ray's like, OK. And, and Karen's like, no, it's an all girl party, Ray, you know. And then Ray goes, play it again. <laughs> it's cute. They're a cute older couple. I love them so much. So we're in a new scene. We're at the doctor doctor's office with dr wendy and she's getting her boobs checked eddie is there she's like thank you for coming with me and all of a sudden we're in a talking head and the producers go what's new wendy and she goes my two new friends huge jugs and she lets us know she breastfed all three children for over a year each and it takes a toll on your body and so all of a sudden we get a before and after photo and she got her tatas done and they looked amazing. They look amazing. I mean, I think they look amazing. Did I that right? I don't. I'm not like the. Actually, I have been judging boobs all my life, so I think they look good. But she loves it. She is beaming, you guys. I've never seen somebody this happy. I mean, she really looks excited about these boobs. Um, and she goes, being a professor and a commentator on TV, you're supposed to fit into a box. And I always felt like I'm trapped. But now I get to be my authentic self, which that kind of. I didn't understand that exactly. It's like, what do you mean authentic self? Like, like your authentic self has like big boobs. Like, I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like I, she's like fit into a box. Like I already thought she looked like a hot lady on TV, but like, what do you mean? Like your authentic self now with the two fake boobs, maybe it's just like an inner confidence thing. Also, this is a very sophomore housewife thing to do. Leah got a a little breast, operation as well i heard that one outfit with leah though and realizes in new york is so weird it has that uniboob kind of vibe um so we see her with the boobs with the doctor and also the producers ask have you had any other work done and wendy says if i had more work done i would admit it i don't have to lie but then she doesn't even say no so it's like a weird it's kind of left hanging for me um the doctor lets her know she's allowed to get back to normal activity and drinking and um and she's gonna have a party this is part of the nude party is to let the girls know about her boobs um also we're in a now a scene with robin and juan and uh also this was interesting news i found out robin got a ppp loan which is interesting i'm sure we'll hear more about that it seems like a lot of reality stars got ppp loans but which is weird because their seasons all still filmed you know 
But Robin and Juan are at a juice bar, and uh, the producers in a talking head ask Robin, when are you and Juan getting married? And she goes, guess what? A pandemic hit. We're building a home virtual school with the boys. It's a nightmare. You know, one day we will have a wedding, but it's not first on our list. And then they hold on her face for an uncomfortable amount of time in silence. It was great. <laughs> uh, they're at this spot and Jamal keeps his mask on. He's like, this is a good spot. This is a good juice spot. And uh, Robin goes, I know you want us as a family to be healthy, but our kids have been eating Chick-fil-A every day. And he goes, yeah, I hate it. I hate it. And she goes, you, he goes, you sleep until 10 a.m. And then you get up and you order Chick-fil-A for the boys. And then he says, some days you don't start your day until 2 p.m. And Robin says, in all honesty, I get burnt out. And she goes, you can work off four hours of sleep. I can't. I hate, you guys know how much I hate those people that can just go on no sleep. If I get less than five hours and I, I do get less than five hours a lot, it just, it makes me feel like dead like dead like i can get through it like i can physically do what i need to do but i just feel like i'm dying you know i hate people that's like that to me is a superpower oh little baby jesus let me have that superpower but um she says the days are meshing together over the pandemic there's nothing to look forward to or get dressed for and she says i could see things going bad with me and juan but i'm just stuck when i get overwhelmed i just shut down and by the way, this to me is very relatable. I think we've all been there at a time, you know? And he says, there is no way to, uh, to have a kid right now, but a little girl would be cherry on top. We should have done this a long time ago. And uh, he goes, imagine you with a little girl, Robin. And she goes, I know, I know. My biological clock is ticking. So are we going to get that Melissa Gorga, Joey Gorga storyline of should we have another kid? I don't know. But for some reason, it reads, it doesn't ring false to me. Like I buy it with them, you know? Um, and he reiterates, I do want more kids. I want girls. You know, we might even have twins. She's like, God, plural? And But he goes, and sleeping can't be your number one priority. And it's like, damn, he's laid that down. Damn. So we're in a new scene back to Candace's house with her bonus kids. Chris is cutting up asparagus. They're all making dinner together. Naya got to choose the meal and they're having lamb and baked potatoes. Very, very adult meal for a little girl. Chris was nervous that the kids would miss their routine from home and their mom, but everything is flowing right along here. And I got to tell you, this is just like a really nice family scene. It, it seems like the kids... Uh, are kind of excited to have the camera there. Mateo really does seem like a kind and sweet boy. Um, and Candace says, Mateo taught me how to be a good stepmom. They're doing some math problem, which is just so sad when they do a math problem. And I'm like, what? I can't do the math problem. Oh my God, you guys, I had to fill out all this like tax information today and some like unemployment stuff from my, my job that I lost. And it's like, if you ever want to see actual fumes coming out of my head, like I, 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 I was using a calculator and I was having a hard time. I was like, is, are these fractions? You're like, no, that's just basic. That's basic subtraction, man. I'm like, well, it feels like division. It feels like long division. Like I felt so dumb today. I was, I mean, I just, it was, I, I started just getting a headache. It was crazy. Um, Chris and Candace and a talking head are together and they're like, do you see kids running around the house one day? And uh, she's like, I don't know. I just don't trust penises, which is, I don't even know what that necessarily means. Um, 
And Candace says to Chris, what did my mom say? That I would be your fourth baby mama? And he goes, no, third. Come on. Come on. Um, it was it was cute, though. I got to say, like, I don't want to like Candace. But up to this point, there was not, except for that singing part in the beginning when she sang a little bit, I have not been super annoyed with her. I just feel like Monique should be able to be here, too, you know? Even though I will say, I didn't totally, I didn't miss Monique. Like, it didn't. It didn't need Monique, you know? I didn't feel the loss like I did with Dorinda. And no offense to Monique, that really doesn't... It just means that they got just strong people on the show, you know? We we miss Dorinda even more because, the you know, there's only five ladies, so it's more noticeable. They've got a full cast here. So Monique, it's, it's missed, but it's not needed, you know? So we're in a new scene with Giselle and her daughter Grace. Uh, you know, this is like she's showing her daughter the shades of nude to wear to Wendy's party. And she's like, Mom, that's pink. And my, her mom goes, no, no, no. We're a new scene. Uh, Ashley is uh, trying on outfits with Dean, 18 months. New scene. Um, we have uh, Robin's son, sons, Corey and Carter, fighting on the bed. And she's showing them clothes. And she says, I'm going to Miss Wendy's house. She lives far away. Um, it, then we're in a new scene and we see Candace going into the bathroom and saying, it just keeps coming out. Oh my God. But we really don't know what she's talking about. So it was just really, I was like, what did I miss something? It just, what, what just keeps coming out? I was just like, what? Like a baby? What are you? I don't So then a new scene, Wendy comes down and there's a cooking staff cooking for the nude party. And she's like, it smells good in here. The whole table is is set. Uh, Wendy has the boobies, her new boobs really showing off in this brown satin outfit number. And um, she lets her husband know that she's going to save the kids some titty cupcakes. And she did. There are titty cupcakes made. There are these brown cupcakes with these little nipples on the cupcake. And, uh, (laughs) We see her daughter, 18 months old, come out, and the boys come out and get titty cupcakes. Yeah, that's what we're just going to say for titty cupcakes. And um, the kids are eating the titty cupcakes, and the, the parents ask, what, what does it look like, guys? And they smell them, and they go, chocolate? And they're like, okay, cool, keep... That's innocent. You're very innocent. Cute. Guests are arriving. Giselle comes first, of course, because she's like a nibby nose and probably just wants to talk shit before anybody gets there. And she comes in, and I swear to God, guys, she's in this brown leather outfit. She looks like the living replication of a poop emoji. Like, she does. Think She looks like a poop emoji. The outfit is the exact shading of a poop emoji. She looks like a giant poop emoji that talks poop out of her mouth. Um... And Giselle, of course, says, I know that Wendy is Nigerian, but I did not know she lived in Nigeria. Wendy, you stuck in customs because you are not here to greet me. Where you at, Wendy? Because she came in and Wendy wasn't right there. Robin comes in. Uh, the host uh, or the, the guy that's working there goes, welcome to the nude interlude. Welcome to the nude interlude. And Robin goes, where's your nude at? Where's your nude outfit at? Robin asks and laugh, laughs. Giselle says, Robin, Robin, quick, come here. I want to show you something. And they see the name tags on the table. Ashley, Giselle, Maya. Um, Is it Mia or Maya? um, And she's like, do you know that bitch? I don't know that bitch. And then we see Maya and Karen driving over. Now, Mia or Maya, it's not 
I don't know which one it is. Mia or Maya? And Karen goes, Mia is a boss, and we met through a business acquaintance. And they, we see them in a flashback meeting, and thank you for, and Mia thanks Karen for the opportunity to step away from her kids and her work. And I guess she owns a bunch of like chiropractic joints. Um, and there's a flashback of Karen getting adjusted and getting her back cracked. And Karen is always um, enamored with anybody in business. And she's like, she shares her ideas about business with me. She is the total package. And she says, I can't wait for you to meet Wendy Mia. And there's a flashback to, uh, you know, Karen explaining Mia to Wendy and asking if she, she can come. And also at this time, you know, cause Wendy and Karen didn't hit it off too well. And Karen goes, Wendy and I were able to talk woman to woman and we hit the reset button. And we see that scene and we see Wendy go, I just feel like we, we come from different. And Karen's like shaking her head. And then Wendy goes times, uh, and Karen reacts like, oh, um, but Karen to Mia goes, Wendy is a whole different person and it feels good. And Mia says, this ride is so long, we should have packed snacks. And Karen gives a zoik's look. Um, Ashley walking up, she looks like she's about to burst. How do you have this girl walking out there in the snow by herself? She could fall. Um, Wendy greets her and says, welcome to the nude interlude. She's up on the banister, very dramatic. And she's like, I'll be down. And she said there were two special guests. And the girls are asking, are they strippers? And she's like, no, the special guests are not strippers. And she also lets us know that she got a call from Candace. She's not coming. She's been visiting the commode. And that, we finally find out, is why we saw that scene of, oh, my God, it won't stop coming out. <laughs> Man, I love a good poop joke in a show about housewives. Robin says, you know, I don't believe Candace. Uh, I, I just don't think she wants to see Karen yet. I don't think she's forgiven Karen. So now we're back to the car with Karen and Mia. And... Karen goes, I'm most interested to see how Candace is doing because our relationship has been through a lot and I hope it goes better. Uh, you know, I just got to see where she's at. I got to take the temperature. She has been through a lot. Uh, Giselle will be there, of course, you know, because Wendy invited everyone or had to, which I thought was kind of funny shade. Um, she says, uh, Giselle never receives younger people better, so who knows how she's going to do with you. Now we're back to Wendy's, um, and Ashley, we see she cannot strap a shoe to her pregnant ankle. Uh, Karen and Mia pull up. Giselle says Karen needs friends when Wendy explains that Mia is coming with her. They walk in, Karen introduces Mia, and Giselle already has this puss on. She's already like, who is this? She is just very judgmental, and her face is so expressive. She just wears it. So then uh, Giselle and the talking head says, Karen, girl, you crossed a line talking about me and my family, and you need to apologize. You need to come up to me and says, sorry, I must have bumped my head, and I was talking shit. I must have been thinking about how Ray doesn't love me. <laughs> so we cut to commercial. We come back, and Giselle says, now that Karen is here, can we know about what the nude interlude is? Okay, fo folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts 
shirts from $30, performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going. But there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Folks, you did not start the show over. This is what I was talking about earlier. Today's show sponsor is Dame. So we've talked about on the show before, we should seek out what's right for us and not compromise on what's most important. Our relationships should add value to our lives and especially in the bedroom. So why don't we think the same way about our sex toys? Dame Products, you guys, is a woman-owned sex toy company making the next generation of vulva-tested, vulva-approved vibrators. It's founded by a sex educator and an engineering whiz. Dame develops toys with the help of real humans and couples just like you. They are closing the pleasure gap and helping the world one vulva at a time. (laughs) Their vibrators and accessories are made with medical-grade silicone, smart design principles, and lots of love earning glowing press from the New York Times, W Magazine, and many more. So whether you're a couple looking for an extra boost where it matters or on a journey of self we hear it's so bad it's good are sure they will earn a spot on your nightstand. So I recommend you guys the Ava. It's a couple's vibrator giving you clitoral stimulation during penetrative sex. Its flexible wings tuck under your labia for a snug fit. And the best part, Dame offers hassle-free returns within 60 days, so your satisfaction is literally guaranteed. Now, you guys, this is the important thing. Go to dameproducts.com forward slash so bad today for 15% off site-wide. Again, okay? Do this for the show and for your own pleasure. Go to dameproducts.com forward slash so bad today for 15% off site wide. Uh, you'll get that unlocked. You can buy anything on the site. 
tell them Ryan sent you. <laughs> they actually did send me products, so I um, I'm I <laughs> so I'm I I'm giggling and I'm blushing and I never thought I would have the pleasure to talk about this. But I I'm I'm serious. I have a lot of female friends. They swear by this stuff. I know that that might sound silly to people, but this is actually beneficial, and uh, I recommend it. So go there, do the show a favor, and uh, you will enjoy very much your Dame products. And I can't believe I had to say Volva that many times. Okay, back to the show. But we don't find out yet. Mia starts talking and goes, I own a chiropractic place and I have three kids. One's 12, one's five, and one's three, a boy, boy, and a girl. We have a penthouse on the harbor. We have a lake home in North Carolina. And then she goes, and we have four grandchildren. And we find out she has an older husband. And she says her husband is 37 years older than she is. And then she goes, he doesn't act 68 by all means. And then Robin goes, um, how old are you, if you don't mind us asking? Because, you know, math, and I know I'm not the best mathematician, but that would make her, I believe, 31. And she definitely looks older than 31. And Maya goes, I'm 36. And then we're like, we're trying to do the math. And then she goes, Robin goes, oh, he's 30 years older. And Maya goes, I don't know, y'all. I don't know. 32 years? I don't know. All the girls are looking. And Ashley in a talking head goes, that's basic math. And Wendy in a talking head says, poor Maya. And Wendy says, now on to what the new dinner loot is. She goes, I've been thinking about what Wendy, and you always know that's bad when you refer to yourself in the first person. She goes, what Wendy wants. I'm living and I've been living for my children and not myself. And after I was done pumping... I asked, I asked, what is Wendy going to do for Wendy? So this is a big, long speech, and we do that classic housewife trope where we see all the reactions and the passage of time, and it makes it seem like it's an hour speech. And she goes, it's the first time I thought of myself that it's time to do something for myself. And Giselle says in a talking head, Wendy, land the plane. And she goes, I want to introduce you to my two new friends. And then she whips off her jacket, and she goes, happy and Ness and all the girls are freaking out and Robin says okay but did you get your butt done too did you get your butt done and she's like I got you know I got some tweaks I got some tweaks because the boobs look great all the girls are freaking out the boobs and they're like well what do you mean what did you what did you do and Robin says you bring me here to show me your boobs but you won't show me your butt and then <laughs> robin and a talking head says says wendy we all know has no booty and now there is something something there and we do see a picture those producers are so shady and really show she had a really flat ass and then now that she actually has something there so i guess that's another thing that she felt like she needed to do as a commentator so she can fit inside that box as have boobs and a booty um Karen says, when I was at lunch, there was something different about her face, too. She got she got injections somewhere, but I want to know who her doctor is. I'm not mad at it, um, which is very nice. I thought I thought Wendy looks great. And, and above all, Wendy seems very happy with the work. So hats off. Um, so they're sitting at dinner and uh, Ashley asks, Wendy, are you going to have to cover those things up when you teach or on TV? And she's like, no, I can wear a cardigan. It won't, you know, it only really, you can only really tell when I wear something like this. Um, 
And then Mia goes, well, I've had a lot of work done. And she goes, Botox, filler, lips, four boobs, tummy tuck, andioplasty. And she literally said four boobs. She must have just maybe four different boob jobs. And then she goes, I even had my clit worked on. We are getting a lot of clit talk in this isn't that crazy? We just, we, what, what show was it just the other day that said clit? Anyways, all the faces go zoinks. And Giselle says, Maya, my God, I just met you. I don't want to know what you got done to your vagina. Um, <laughs> and Wendy goes, you got your, if you got your CC done, who was smashing that thing? And Ashley says, that thing was beaten to a pulp is what I have to deduce. The first course gets served. Karen asks, where's Candace? And Wendy goes, well, she's sick. And Robin says, I don't think she wants to be here right now. Uh, I don't think she's ready to be in your presence. And Wendy says, I, uh, you know, I think you guys need to calm down. And Karen says, I'm not going to ignore the fact that Candace is deeply hurt and is definitely worth a conversation. Uh, and she goes, I need to know where we are so I can move accordingly and do my part, which is just like a totally normal thing to say. And Ashley says, I don't know if me and Candace will ever get to a good place either. And Wendy says, my hope is we can all collectively get in a great place, Dr. Wendy says. And Giselle says, well, that might be difficult. And then she goes, you guys, I shit you not. She goes, y'all know I can't stand Karen. And then Karen immediately goes, it's mutual. It's mutual. That's what I love. That's why this show is so good is that they're ready at a moment's notice to take a bat, to take a bullet. Like Karen was ready. Like most people would be shocked. Like, what did you say? Karen was like, no, it's mutual. And Giselle goes, me and Karen will never be good. I will tell the truth on you all day long, Karen. I will tell your drunk truth. I will tell your cheating truth. I will tell. And she's like, and, and Karen's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And, and Giselle's like, I'll spread it all over town. And then Karen fires back and goes, you want to think about your fiery box on fire? And that's why you can't keep a man? So she's saying, you guys, that Giselle's got a fiery box. A fiery box. That's a fire vagina. I don't even know exactly what it means, but I don't think it's good. <laughs> and Wendy goes, Coochie on fire? And Karen goes, You got a hot box. Tell them all. <laughs> you... And uh, <laughs> she says, says, She's got like a big old wet box. And she goes, My hot box is called the WAP box, and yours is called the dry box. And Giselle goes, you're obsessed with my coochie because your ding dong, your ding dong at home isn't. (laughs) And then I shit you not, guys. Karen goes, you're a broken whore from Hampton University. And that's why we went to Sing Sing. (laughs) So all of a sudden, it's like a Mad Libs. Like, I don't even know what the fuck is going on. Like, Sing Sing, Sing Sing's a prison. But you're you're a broken whore from Hampton University. You guys... That's what we expect out of a show like this. It's like I stood up and I applauded. I was like, nobody is doing it like these ladies. You're a broken whore from Hampton University. Karen didn't even break a sweat. That's how good that is. And that's where the show ends. And then they show the clips for the whole season, you guys. And it looks so good. I'm telling you, get on board right now. Get on board right now. Why? What are you waiting for? Just do it. You are going to love this show. So um, this is just the first recap. And, it, it, you know, 
I cannot wait to dig into this. So what I'm going to do from this point on is I'm going to go, I'm going to move this over to the Patreon and we're going to have guests. I'm sure my friend Amy will want to do one and Kate will want to do one. And, and we're going to get a bunch of guests to recap Patreon Potomac. Uh, Cause I think this whole season is going to be great. And I just love talking about it. Of course, we'll talk about it on the main show as well, but we'll probably do full recaps over there on the Patreon. So sign up if you'd like to, but um, yeah, I, I just, I just wanted to do, I had such a great time watching it and uh, I hope you liked it. Guys, we're going into our guest today. Uh, I was so excited to talk to him. And uh, like I said, you will know him from a little show called Vanderpump Rules. He has been in like every, every season you've seen him there. He has seen some of all the biggest things that have been down on this show. And he actually is in the lives of all of these people. This is his real life. He actually works at this place, but he's a fascinating dude. And he's just like a great performer. I've seen this guy sing a couple of times now, and it always blows me away how effortless he makes it look. Now he's got a new song out there called okay. And I'm going to play that in a second. And then we're just going to go right into the interview, but it's cool. It's like a nice, mellow summer bop i it reminds me uh like i say in the interview of like driving home from a good day like a good weekend day and you're just driving home and you're kind of content and like a little mellow and potentially uh just feeling your feelings and that's what this song reminds me of but he also he did the king and queen song which was in the ariana maddox birthday party episode a couple seasons back so i really enjoyed talking to this guy and I think this guy's got stories. I want to know more about him, and hopefully uh, we'll see more of him on Vanderpump Rules. I know they are filming the new season, and there was only so much he could actually tell me on any of this stuff. But I I thought it was fascinating to talk to him, and I hope you guys dig him, because I really did dig him myself. And I dig his music, which you can find on Spotify, you can find on YouTube. Just search Jesse Montana, and go follow him on Instagram. Uh, If you like the interview, go tell him. uh, You know, it's got to be weird to be on this show, and to be on the show for that many years and not be like one of the main cast members. But I, I, I always have said on these podcasts is that Vanderpump Rules, you know, sometimes they'll say it needs to be a more diverse cast is that they actually have really diverse people right at the ready that are actually working there. And some of my favorite reality shows are really based on the reality of those situations. And I feel like he is part of the fabric of that place. So I wanted to highlight that a little bit and maybe, uh, you know, and, and by the way, my interview style, like you guys know at this point, I'm not trying to be salacious. I'm not trying to get tons of dirt. I know that really is a popular thing. So there's a little of that in there, but I was trying to kind of get to know who he is and hopefully I succeeded a little bit. But anyways, here is Jesse Montana and I'll talk to you guys on Wednesday. Bye.
stranger never came drunk in love palm trees just dancing the taste of ocean spray Welcome to So Bad It's Good. Today's guest, uh, I cannot wait to talk to, and I think you guys are going to be surprised at how much you know my next guest without fully knowing my next guest. Uh, we know a little show called Vanderpump Rules, right? We we know it. We love it. We've lived with it for eight plus seasons, and I know they're filming their new one now. Now, this guy is not only uh, one of the most uh, amazing singers that this show has produced. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm saying even, yeah, not Sheena, it's this guy right here. Uh, but uh, we're going to find out a little bit about maybe what they're doing this season. I really, really hope that he's going to be a major part of it because I think now is his time, and especially with the last year that we've been through. But I also want to highlight what you just heard was his, uh, his new single, OK. Um, but really, this guy is a great musician. Go up to his Spotify right now and just click follow. Just be one of his monthly listeners and you'll be able to hear all of his new singles as they come out because I know he also is going to have some live performances coming out and I think he just performed at uh, DJ James Kennedy's first See You Next Tuesday the other week. So Jesse Montana, welcome to the show. Hello, hello. (laughs) So it is crazy (laughs) that like I have seen you in so many episodes of Vanderpump Rules. You have been there I feel like throughout all of this show yet sometimes I don't know if I know who you are. Does that make sense? Um, yeah, I feel like that is uh, a narrative that I guess against my own will, if you will, has been created. <laughs> um, I have a very loud and very proud voice um, that just has never been heard. And you know what? I, I, the easiest way to put it is, you know, show or no show. This is my real life. I do work at Sir. These are my best friends, if not my chosen LA family. And um, it's been a long, wild journey. You know, I've been friends with the majority of the cast and everybody at Sir since I would say probably season two. 
um, uh, because of Sheena, you know, my yeah, OG I, best friend. Wait, so how, I mean, like, mm-hmm. I, I want to know how you met Sheena, how you got into all of this stuff, but just, just to bring it back to like the here and now, how, how is this pandemic? And I know it's like insane to think about it, but as we come out of it, what was that, what was this last year been like for you? Because you were working at sir. You, you were somebody that was used to live performing all the time. Did you just, I mean, was it a huge depression for you? Like it was for a lot of us? Yeah, you know, I try to stay as positive as, as possible most of the time. You know, that's my my big thing and my mantra is optimism is is kind of my saving grace. Um, so it was it was very challenging. You know, I think everybody was hit really hard with just the shock of it all when it really happened. I mean, <clears throat> obviously, when it happened, Sir shut down immediately. Yeah, and uh, we were just completely out of work. And me being, you know, a hairstylist, a singer, and a server, you know, all my <laughs> it's, it's called a triple threat, Jesse. That's a triple threat. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. Try to try to hustle, baby. It's the LA hustle, you know, to feel the dream. But um, you know, it, all my avenues of making money essentially were completely shut down. So it was crazy. I think like everybody else, I just was taking it a day at a time. And, um, just, it it was, it was wild, you know, but, uh, here we are now we survived it. Thank God. We did survive it, but it is funny now coming out on the other side. And I wonder if you feel any of this is that all of a sudden I feel like we're thrown into the deep end again and we're having to like party every night. Like, I mean, everything is picking up exactly where it's left off. And I'm like, Oh my God, I'm going to, I'm going to die this summer, you know? Yeah. (laughs) 100% actually like, I mean, I, I'd like to, um, you know, I feel like I, I'm, a, I'm a veteran in, in the sense of like <laughs> being able to like party till the break of dawn and I'm very good at it. Um, <laughs> but uh, these days I am questioning that skill <laughs> um, after the pandemic had, had put that to rest for a while. I'm like such a cheap date now. I get drunk so quickly <laughs> and I'm, I feel like I'm done quicker too. You know, it's, it's, it's quite crazy. And we really did get hit just it was like we were trapped in a box and then we were released and then like everything went off all at once. I mean, work events, masks coming off and it's, it's kind of overwhelming actually, you know what I mean? So this last couple of, months i would say has been just crazy well and especially for you with like going back to work at sir you have this song coming out you're performing live again but then on top of it they are shooting and i know you're at a lot of these events and stuff it just it almost like me even saying it it sounds exhausting you know you were even just last night partying for sandoval's birthday right yeah it was it was very very low-key you know we're still trying to be like Safe. You know, very safe with everything that's going on. I mean, obviously, being in the service industry, I, I feel like I have another level of you know responsibility for just even our guests that are coming through, just to be okay. So, trying to be really good about that too. But um, yeah, I mean, I didn't realize how many Gemini's and Cancer best friends I had until I was just <laughs> drugged through <laughs> the birthday mud. It was like, happy birthday, go to bed, wake up hungover, happy birthday again, go to bed, wake up That's hungover, a, I always happy birthday the Kardashians. again. Like, it's like too many birthdays, too many birthday cakes. Like, I mean, it's just always too, it always reads too much. But um, how do yeah. you, I mean, I saw you, I've actually watched you perform live like a, a number of times. I was at 
the King and Queens uh, the event for oh. Ariana's birthday, and you had that what song King and Queens, and that was on the show. I saw you perform. Uh, I remember there on a Sunday brunch for our mutual friend Logan's birthday. This is years ago, and it was just like a Sunday brunch. I forgot who was hosting it, and you just popped up and did a song. Like you were just like hanging out with us for a second, and then you were like, "Okay, I got to do this," and then you just sat back down. And <laughs> where do you get? I mean, I, I come from a theater background. What is your background in terms of uh, art or how did you get to this place where you even knew you could sing and, and do music? Um, you know, I feel like I've always been kind of just low key obsessed with just performing in general and creating. Um, I've just always been kind of attracted to just the energy that that brings, you know, growing up. My dad um, would always kind of just bring us around the fire and he had his little acoustic Fender guitar and, you know, we would just sing like songs together growing up, like from the Beatles and Creedence Clearwater Revival and the Rolling Stones. So, you know, and then we would karaoke quite a bit. That was like our thing, you know, when the family would get together. So I always loved music growing Where up. Where are you from initially? And, uh, born and raised actually in Missoula, Montana. So, um, yeah, so that was kind of oh, the, no that way, vibe. Yeah. So Missoula, Montana, um, wow. you know, that's, that's the humble, I mean, big sky country of it all. I mean, it's beautiful out there. I mean, really, I, I, I uh, my, my two of my girlfriends are from out there and I went and visited once and it was just beautiful, just big, like big sky. Yeah. But when, what brought you to LA? Was it the performance aspect? Yeah. You know, um, I, I grew up kind of like playing instruments like saxophone and, uh, and then I, my dad actually gave me that guitar that I was talking about. So I started writing songs on that. And then I was actually scouted by a talent manager from LA. He wanted me to be in a boy band. So he flew <laughs> me out. <laughs> so funny. But yeah, he flew me out to LA ages ago. And I was in this band called Diverse. Um, and it was just a bunch of different boys from all over the country. And, you know, it was like boy band boot camp for a whole summer. And then you know, it was a great time. So that's kind of how it started. We eventually obviously disbanded. I went back to Missoula to finish up school. And uh, that's just kind of how it all began. And then, um, you know, fast forward to now, you know, I got my cosmetology license in Seattle. And I was doing, you know, celebrity hair for almost a full decade. And that's essentially what kind of brought Sheena into my life. Because uh, uh, we were introduced and I started to do her hair all the time and then she would invite me out and have me do podcasts with her. And, you know, this was way before I ever thought I would even get wrangled into any of this craziness or this madness. I just genuinely love human connection and friendship yeah. and living out here alone and not having family. Like it's really important to me to meet genuine people. And Sheena was one of those people to me. Um, so it was a beautiful thing, you know, it was, it was the inception of this all. And that's how I, ended up becoming super close with Ariana and at the time, you know, uh, pretty much everybody, you know, and um, that was probably around season two, because then I remember season three, I think was Sheena's wedding uh, with, with uh, Shay. Yeah. 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 And, um, you know, I did her hair for that wedding and I attended that wedding and then the rest is history. Well, you so know, it's, it's, been a funny, though, it's like you actually live these experiences. Whereas we like the, the, the viewership, the viewer viewing audience, I mean, this is history for us. You just brought up Sheena's wedding and everybody be like, oh my God, we saw that episode 800 million times. And you actually got to view, it is weird. You're, you almost have like this Forrest Gumpian kind of existence where you've seen all of these shows 
from the actual inside. I mean, how weird is it to watch that your friends then on TV and then you'll see yourself in this background on your, or even, even how they edit things together. Are you just kind of just, is it a really bizarre experience to watch? Yeah. I mean, for lack of a better explanation, it's very surreal. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, it's just become like my normal life now. Like it's, it's every summer, you know, pre pandemic, we would just prepare our anxiety leading up to the summer that, okay, cameras are going to come in. They're going to come around. We're going to do this whole thing. And um, it's going to get really hectic for a couple of months. And that's just kind of been literally my life for the last six, seven years, I would say now. So I don't, I I don't even look at it from a perspective of like, Oh, you know, we're doing like my friends are on the show. They're superstars, essentially internationally renowned. And um, I'm really proud of, you know, the majority of them for getting to where they are today. And um, all in all, it's just been a really cool experience. And I'm grateful for Lisa for just giving us all this opportunity and this platform, because first and foremost, you know, like I said, it's all about the connection and, you know, I've had to fight my battles, but I've gotten to the point where now I really truly know who my real friends are. And I really appreciate that we support each other. We're there for each other. And um, we have a lot to celebrate, you know, in this present moment. Well, this is, I mean, uh, I, I was talking to some uh, people that were all curious about the new season of Vanderpump Rules. And if you pay attention to any of their social medias, you know, obviously you guys are deep in filming right now and you are at every one of these events. Like you are one of those things. And I thought what a perfect time and what I'm hoping and like evolution, if you're listening, please. Like, I think it is such a great thing of like, I want to know more of your story. And I think, especially this year with, you know, the, um, um, uh, you know, AAPI and what we just went through in terms of uh, Black Lives Matter and the pandemic. L- what a great time to now highlight other voices uh, because they actually genuinely work there. You actually genuinely work there. Yes. I mean, if I could get paid every time I've sold a plate of goat cheese balls, if only, I'd be doing way, 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 way better right now. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I, I'm i just, like I said, I'm grateful for any opportunity and evolution and just Lisa, Sir, Natalie and Guillermo, like everybody's really just been so, so amazing. And they all work so, so hard to, you know, give us these opportunities and give you guys this incredible show to binge and take you away from your own personal lives. And, you know, uh, there's nothing more than I've ever wanted to, especially now more than ever after everything that's happened with AAPI, you know, I grew up um, in Missoula, Montana, not really having much representation in my upbringing, you know, of anybody that looked like me, you know, to aspire to be, to, to find my inspiration. So you know, I feel like now more than ever, I'd love to be that voice for people who could identify with me as a queer person, as an Asian American. You know yeah. what I mean? I have a lot to say. And, um, you know, I, I feel like I have a lot of integrity and that's kind of like how I live my life. And, you know, so well, what, I think- what I, whatever the whatever the world wants to bring my way, you know, destiny is destiny and I'll take it. I mean, you have the best attitude about all of this. I I just think it is like what a perfect moment in time that we're in right now to be able to highlight these voices that are actually already in the reality of this situation. So when I do see you at all these events and I know I'm like, okay, that's that's a that's good, you know, like because I'm really I love. And I know we all have, we have, we love this show so much and we have a complicated history with this show now. I'm like, sure, like all the people living it, but we want this show to continue. We want this show to thrive. And I think the only way 
for it to thrive is to tell new stories, but stories that are already pre-existing. Like you are part of the uh, DNA of Vanderpump Rules. You are, if you look into that show, that's why I wanted to highlight you is that you're a great singer. You actually have a real talent on top of you actually work there. Like I want to know more about your story. And that's what I hope this season can start bringing in, you know, new voices instead of like stunt casting or something like that is like your story is uh, I think uh, is there to be told. So I'm, I'm really excited. I mean, are you uh, seeing what you've seen so far through your own eyes? Are you, do you think the the viewers have a, a lot of surprises ahead of them? Do you think it's, I mean, you've been there since the beginning. Does it feel any different now than it did season two and three? Oh, for sure. I think everybody's grown up quite a bit. Um, <clears throat> there's definitely, you know, I don't, I don't want to like spoil too much, you know, I, I definitely want to <laughs> keep an element of surprise for everybody. Like it's, it's going to be a great season so far. We've had a lot of fun. I mean, I think we've all been waiting just to, just to be like free again, you know, and it's just really great to be back together again. Come on, do we get to just, see Ariana? Does Ariana get tanked? Does she? Does she get, <laughs> did the cameras get her tanked again? That's all we need to know. I will say we had a lot of fun on her birthday, and you know, <laughs> I, I, I said it on my Instagram story. My favorite <laughs> version of Ariana is chaotic Ari, Ariana. So, um, yeah, you guys definitely have a lot of fun, with Ariana, <laughs> to look forward to for sure. Um, so, uh, you were, uh, you did perform with, uh, DJ JK at his see you next Tuesday last, uh, last week over at sir, which I think that's a, a normal thing. What, what, what did you, uh, what did you perform with him? So, um, it was actually my single release party. Um, we celebrated my new single. Okay. Which was uh, a song I wrote during quarantine, um, that I'm very excited about. You know, uh, I, I, I wish I could say I wrote more music during quarantine, but, I only write when I feel something. And this was something that I started to write when I started to miss human connection and yeah. being together and just being able to like celebrate life together again. So the song really started as an homage to just relationships and human connection. And, and, you know, those nights that felt like a movie when we were all together again. And um, I picked it up kind of towards the end of quarantine and I'm a hopeless romantic. So the the second level of energy that I brought to the song kind of was like a a love letter to no one, you know, my future someone, you know, looking for that special someone. So it's it's a kind of a beautiful song in that yin and yang to it all. You know, I, I wanted to bring that to the world and hopefully people can relate to the lyrics in this one. It reminded me too of just like the vibe of it was uh, of, of riding in a car with the top down during the night in summer. It had that kind yeah. of chill, like coming back from the beach vibe or, you know, like I thought it was like this quick, cause it doesn't overpower you, but it's just like this really nice vibe that you can listen to. And you're like, ah, oh, this does remind me of being young in the summer, you know? Yeah. I just wanted it to be like a full on vibe. Like, something that was like easy to listen to, you know, it wasn't too aggressive. It wasn't too dancey. It wasn't too slow. It just was like a feel good song. Cause you know, in the bridge of the song, it's just, you know, um, I just want to get lost on those pretty little moments. I just want to feel something, you know, that's what I want to do with the listeners. And that's what I want to do with the people that I love the most is just feel something always. So um, that's what we, that's what we got to perform. And we were celebrating pride. Actually, it was the last official pride celebration in West Hollywood. So um, it went off with a bang. It was really, really one of the most special nights of my life. I will never forget it. And Lisa was front and center. Um, <laughs> the, you know, my forever queen. I'll, I'll, I'll never forget. I've been working for Lisa for so long. So, you know, to see her 
uh, somebody who I feel like is a role model and kind of almost like a motherly figure to me um, be right in front of me with Sheena's vlogging camera. I felt <laughs> like it was a celebratory moment oh, for me because yeah. I felt like I've, you know, even through my own family, like I've never really had my, my own mom and dad's approval of my lifestyle or my career. So um, to have someone like Lisa smiling and dancing and celebrating my music specifically, and even congratulate me afterwards, you know, off camera, it was, it was a really personal moment for me and it really meant a lot to me. Yeah. So I really, really appreciated that. That was really beautiful. That's beautiful. I mean, and what, and what you said about your parents is interesting too, because it's so interesting. You were inspired by singing around the campfire with your dad. Like this is a, uh, an extension of, you know, what they inspired you to do. So, I, I mean, I hope they're eventually really proud of all that you're doing. Um, you said uh, Lisa was really happy uh, and it, it, I'm probably sure to see, is she ecstatic to have things back? I mean, she really does. She does own that restaurant. It's not a joke, you know? Yeah, she, um, I mean, Lisa is such an inspiration. She's the ultimate hustler. She has so <laughs> many incredible, like, endeavors and successful businesses and you know my my parents are actually both restaurateurs as well so i basically was born in the kitchen i grew up in this lifestyle this lifestyle is my dna and um to see lisa do it so successfully has been so inspiring as well like that is a dream of mine down the road one day is to open up you know a similar kind of format of like a cool restaurant bar lounge where you know, we can dish out the best food you've ever tasted, but also like have a venue where we can bring like the most talented people in the world to, to perform. And we can just celebrate like life and music and, and just good times together. Jesse, what so, if we, what if we opened a place right next to sir? And then that's a whole plot line for a season is we compete against Lisa's uh, sir. Come on. <laughs> I know. I, you know, the ultimate dream that I fantasized about is kind of opening like an Asian inspired, like, pump or sir or Tom. Wouldn't that be you cool? Know? I mean, that would be dumb. Like, like, yeah. Dishing out like amazing, like lychee martinis and, and, you know, fried chow mains and delicious egg rolls that'll like make your eyes roll back. Like that to me is like so amazing. What, um, what has your experience been like? Um, well, first off, I always impress upon the listeners to, you know, I, I grew up an actor and moved out to Los Angeles to act. And, and it really is, you said earlier, it is the hustle of, of out here. You know, there is this, people don't even realize how much effort goes into the most minimal job that you'll get. Like one line on a TV show takes forever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but that seems to be, you seem to be the uh, real LA artist in that sense of like, is that it's a hustle for you, right? Yeah. I think that's like kind of was part of the complexity of like who I am as, you know, just a person, I guess, or, you know, people might see me on Instagram and I think a lot of people in my different industries that I've worked in have gotten very confused with like, who is Jesse Montana? Like we thought he was a hairstylist. Who is Jesse Montana? We thought he was a singer. Like, why is he working at a restaurant? Like, you know, it's, it can be quite confusing, but I think people forget that a lot of people moved to Los Angeles um, for a dream, you know, and they're, they're chasing a certain dream. And my ultimate dream is, you know, to freelance and do the best hair you've ever experienced of your life, but while making incredible music that makes you feel good. And, you know, whatever I have to do along the way to make the money to pay for the studio time, you know, to pay yeah. for my chair, my chair rentals in the salon. I mean, chair rentals are not cheap in Beverly Hills. Like, 
it costs me 250 bucks a day to rent a chair at the salon I'm at right now. So, you know, all these things that uh, the, the pay at Sir is actually quite good. It's arguably probably some of the best pay in the world you could get as a server, which is why I've been there for. And at least, you know, you'll have, years. you'll have people coming in because of the show just to even see the place, you know? <laughs> exactly. And God bless the fans. God bless the people that are coming in because they, they, they really do keep um, us living to be honest, even through the pandemic. So um, I really appreciate that. And that's what I love so much about just being at Sir aside from, you know, the show is the fluff on the side. Like this is the real life aspect of it all. Like, Sir does fuel our dreams. It does fuel our lives and it pays for us. And, you know, I really appreciate that. I'm able to like have effect flexibility to be able to travel, you know, months on end if I need to and have this amazing job waiting for me when I come back because, you know, Sir is my family. So it is. Yeah. And, it does, that is like a family vibe of like being able yeah. to, to go spread your wings and have a place to come back to. Like um, Natalie, Guillermo, Lisa, they're very, very incredible in that aspect of just understanding that you know we are there to make money but we're chasing all these other dreams so they want us to go out for those auditions they want us to travel the world you know on our time off and then when we come back they expect us to be giving five-star service and that's exactly what i do has uh, how is peter as a manager i love peter Peter's like a bro- <laughs> he's like a brother to me he's you know the one of the pillars of sir from yeah. the beginning you know like people don't understand that Peter is there all the time and he genuinely works his butt off. So I really appreciate everybody's like, Oh, Peter was there last night. I got a picture with him. I'm like, yeah, he really works there. He really counts out at the end of the night. You know, Peter's blood, sweat and tears. I tell you, like, I appreciate that guy above and beyond. He is the ultimate hustler as well. He's got so many side projects going off, but then he's working full time as a manager. Like I have so much respect for Peter. Um, the last serious question before we start winding down and, and get into uh, some fun questions, but this last year, because of all the uh, hatred that kind of se- seems to have been uh, brewing over the last four years, uh, was it an extremely intense period of time for you? You seem like a really hopeful person. Are you coming out on the other end of this full of hope? I mean, I feel like there's been so much uh, highlighting of, you know, AAPI and, and, and a lot of uh, hatred towards that. What has been your personal experience with that? Um, I guess I would just say, you know, like I said, I'm always very, very hopeful. Like, you know, everything happens for a reason Mm -hmm. as cliche as that sounds. I think this has been a really eye-opening year for everybody. Um, and a lot of self-reflecting has been done for everybody, including myself. So, you know, everything that has happened, I mean, God bless the fact that we've been able to come out on top. I mean, I marched in so many of the Black Lives Matters marches. That was a really powerful experience for me to come together as a community. This beautiful city of Los Angeles really, really came together uh, to, to, to protect human rights. And I really appreciated that. Like I got together with a lot of my friends, um, you know, on the show and off the show. And it was just beautiful to like, kind of put every, our differences aside and come together and, and march for the right cause. So yeah. that was really, really um, a highlight for me in a very, very dark year is that, you know, through that, we did get to come together and become stronger to have our voices be heard in a different way. Yeah. Um, you know, with AAPI, I've been very proud of just, you know, Hollywood and the industry and people that have actually had a platform. And I urge anybody that have a platform to continue to do that. You know, I've been seeing so many different things happening. You know, the AAPI thing was just so horrible with, you know, the shootings that had happened. I just was like, you know, hate is just so ugly in general. I think 
we just need to accept that, you, you know, we might not see eye to eye with everybody, you know, whether it be our skin color, our religion, our sexual orientation, our lifestyles, like just because we're not living the same life doesn't mean we can't sit at the same dinner table together at a wedding and, and celebrate life. You know, I think that is the bigger picture is that we should be able to exist in the same room, have a conversation without having to pull out these guns. You know, we should be able to have a voice without people getting hurt. So well, you I think said that's that better. That's that, that's dead on. Yeah. Yeah. I just I think that's what this is all about. And, you know, I just heard about this horrible news about um, a gay guy in Spain getting slaughtered for being gay, yeah, you know, yeah. and I, you know, my my heart broke for that. I, I just can't believe that's happening. Uh Sorry. No, no. I can't believe I mean, it's, 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 it's it's insane. It's 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 brutal to think we live. We're lucky to live in LA, where it, you know things are so much. There's so many people of uh, accepting, but like there's so many places over the world, there's just so much hate, and and it's just yeah, got to be horrifying. I just can't believe it's still happening in 2021. But you know, I feel like something like that. That's why you know Pride Month happens. Uh, that's why this happens. That's why this is all happening because you know we have to come together. We have to continue to fight. We have to continue to have a voice um, and and fight for human rights, point blank, no matter what the rights are. That's beautiful. Um, okay, well, now, uh, I guess to completely switch topics, what is it like to have seen Sheena be what she is destined to be all along a mother? Has, have you heard her sing Good as Gold to her baby? <laughs> not yet. Not yet. <laughs> it, it, soon to come, soon to come for sure. Um you know, I, that is probably, again, what probably one of the most surreal things to see um, because, you know, Sheena has been one of my best friends for so, so long. I've seen all shades of Sheena and I truly, <laughs> truly do love her unconditionally. And, um, you know, we may have had, had our ups and downs here and there, but, you know, in this present tense, we're very close and I'm very proud of her. And I'm very proud that she's brought this beautiful, gorgeous baby summer moon into our lives and um it's 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 really beautiful to see one of your best friends you know produce this gorgeous human life i don't know it's so crazy I mean, it, babies it, are so crazy but it's really really cool like she's a she's an incredible mother brock is an incredible father yeah what, but by the and, way uh, so i mean brock and her they they you know have been together now for a bit through the pandemic and you've got to see her with other guys do you really do you really dig her and brock together are they they great together i've never yeah i mean you know like i said i'm a hopeless romantic and my ex has really truly screwed me over so i've lost hope <laughs> quite a bit over oh and God. over again thank god for my music getting me through that and my friends but um, you know, seeing a relationship like Rock and Sheena um, work, you know, I feel like, you know, they are a true example of modern love in our day and age right now. You know, they're not married yet, but they're making it work. And I'm really proud of them. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. They truly love each other and they are incredible parents. And um, together, Brock, you know, I've seen Sheena with so many different guys. I mean, we would oftentimes relate our heartbreaks and our falling in love phases. We were always simultaneous with that. So um, it's really, really cool to see her be happy. Yeah. And with somebody who genuinely 
um, is treating her like the queen she deserves to be treated. So I'm really yeah. happy for them. Because we, like the, we didn't like they the really Rob guy. Hope. We didn't like the, the guy that hung the TV in eight minutes. We didn't like that guy. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, um, but it is funny how like she was like ready. I love that she, uh, I feel like this is her moment between having the child and then filming. I was like, this is her time. Like you got Stassi and Kristen out of there. You got like, this is the time for Sheena to shine. And I'm like, what a perfect year. And I cannot wait to see what happens with that have you ever done tom sandoval's hair all the time <laughs> tom is arguably um my most um uh, how do i say this uh high maintenance client i've ever had of all the vips i've ever done but i love him so bad i know how to do his hair to a point where it's just so easy at this point you know he may call me at midnight you know at 1201 on the dot and be like can you cut my hair right now and then you know what we'll do it up and then we'll party till the break of dawn afterwards you know what i mean um but uh i love him so much like tom is a brother and he's I, my I love his forever adventure for buddy his passion he for is, everything is just to, to me that's like it to be applauded i love people that are that yeah. enthusiastic about life you know yeah i feel like our relationship unfolding over the years is a beautiful thing because I, I feel like I see a lot of myself in Tom and I, I think he probably does see a lot of himself in me as well. And that's, what's brought us closer together. You know, we're both have the worst, incredible, toxic. I think our toxic trait collectively is having the worst FOMO ever. Like we do not like, we, we the fear of missing out. We do not like that. So we are like, okay, we're going to this party together. But even though we're hungover and we may be tired, we're going to go to this party or we're going to go to the Abbey for one last drink, one last nightcap. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, he he's just so passionate about everything and anything. You know, he brought the trumpet out on my, single release I party do, i do i saw that know, i was, I was so seeing that cool in videos. i was like that to me you guys if you didn't see on the uh instagram stories at his uh, uh single uh premiere tom brought out what i think he, the trumpet from uh season six come on that's like that's historic the um, the trumpet may might as well be a primary primary cast member at this point like we love to see it <laughs> what um uh, what's it like uh, watching the change of DJ James Kennedy over the years? He just celebrated two years of sobriety. Um, and we all remember DJ JK when he was not, um, and you probably saw that firsthand. What's that difference been like to watch? Oh gosh, James Kennedy, you know, he is my best friend, my brother. I mean, we've been through so, 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 so much from the first day I met him as a bus route, sir to now where he's headlining, you know, music festivals with Cascade and Paul Oakenfold, you know, like I am so incredibly proud of James, uh, just seeing him go through his struggles and a lot of the darkness to where he's at right now. He just celebrated his two year sobriety birthday. Um, and I'm just so proud of him. You know, so many haters wanted to doubt that he could do this, doubt the validity behind it. And he yeah. truly, truly, has stepped forward with his best foot forward and put his focus on Raquel, put his focus on himself, put his focus on his music. And you can see it. If you listen to the new music that he's putting out, you know, now and today, I, I urge everybody to like get on board with the new stuff that he's putting out. It's some of the best music he's produced of all time. And it's so good. Some of his new stuff, there's a new song called to hurt you. It is so catchy. I catch myself singing it all the time. I mean, it's just so good. And I, I, I see nothing but like bigger stars and bigger opportunities and bigger stages 
like Coachella, like on the yeah, horizon. Yeah, I mean, he said that once, but I really do believe, I mean, like what I loved about DJ James Kennedy is that, and you got to say DJ James, you got to say the full thing yeah. if you ever say his name, is that I love that, you know, here's a person that like, it would have been easier just to fuck around and keep drinking and doing the parties and all, because everybody wants him to party, but he actually seems like he didn't and just kind of put himself to work and did things, make good decisions for yourself. And to me, that is like the hardest thing to do in life is make good decisions, you know? Yeah, and I think a lot of people forget, like, the cool thing I love about James, seeing somebody go from that to where he's at right now with his sobriety, like, James is one of the most colorful (laughs) personalities I've ever met in my life, and he has so much energy, so, so much all the time, that he doesn't need that to be DJ James Kennedy, you know what I mean? Like, he is still the same exact person. He is a better person than he's ever been before because now all the qualities that I loved about him from the jump are at the forefront. And, you know, like the angry, you know, chaotic side of him is brushed to the side and he's so much more patient. He's so much more loving and understanding. And um, he's just a fun person to celebrate life with now. Um, It's just so much like, I I just, I can't explain it. I think the fallacy too is about it. I think the fallacy with those things too, is that like, you know, you'd almost be encouraged to keep drinking and all that because you've made so many good moments for the show. I mean, not good moments for yourself, but good moments for the show of like yelling at people and stuff like that. So I'm sure the pressure is there to want to recreate those moments. And I'm just, like hats off to anybody that can stay sober in that kind of storm, you know? I'm really proud of him. Um, I mean, I, sometimes I don't know how he does it when he goes to like these um, events and these festivals, but he kills it and he does it sober. And I'm really proud of him. He's really, really in a great place in his life. And this is just going to open up 10 more doors for him and a million more down the road because he's doing really good things now, bigger things down the road. I mean, we, we were just talking about it the other day, him headlining um, this fall with Paul Oakenfold. I mean, Paul Oakenfold is a legend and I yeah. some somebody who's a huge inspiration to him um, as a producer and as an artist. So I'm really proud of him for getting on that lineup. And, and you're actually playing in San Diego soon, aren't you? With uh, Chainsaw? Yeah, Chainsaw? it's a bittersweet moment, you know, because uh, it would have been my first BravoCon but uh it's oh, the same week. Mi- the, oh no it's this it's actually the same weekend of BravoCon. so it's a bummer in the sense that you know a lot of my best friends aren't going to be able to share this really big monumental moment for me um because i'm headlining uh, a festival in san diego very excited if anybody's in san diego please come through we're going to party and have the best time ever it's going to be the first big festival of 2021 post pandemic uh i'm sharing this incredible festival, uh, the headliners are going to be Chain Smokers, Loud Luxury, Nelly, if you guys remember Nelly. Yeah, of course. Uh, Miley, Miley Cyrus's uh, sister, Brandy Cyrus, is DJing as well. Um, Bryce Vine uh, is a close friend of uh, Sheena's and mine. So we're, we're really, I'm mean, really excited about this opportunity. Yeah. It's going to be a huge, huge deal. And um, I'm so blessed and so thankful. So I can't wait to uh, perform again on this stage with some of my favorite inspirations. We definitely, if we are in town, we got to go check it out. You guys, I'll put all that information in the description as well, or what that festival is called. Um, uh, Two last things. You don't have to say anything specifically. Have you seen any fights go down on this season? Have you seen just like, oh my God, that, that looked insane right there. 
I will just say, <laughs> you know, forever and always, cameras or no cameras, this group of friends boils, boils a lot of drama, and the drama will never go away. So the drama is always there. Uh, it's very hectic, and, and people have a lot to look forward to, for sure. And the last thing, I was doing research, and I, I, I was reminded that... Um, well, we no longer have Mr. Jax Taylor on this show. Um, uh, and you had to, I mean, I don't know if this was actually true, but you had to relay bad information to Brittany in season six about something he had done. Is that correct? Um, I didn't have to do that. That genuinely was a moment that came out of my heart. I was drunk as fuck. To be honest. <laughs> I was, I was probably about six six Jameson on the rocks deep. Um, and there was a lot of drama that kind of led up to that specific moment with, you know, faith Faith, kind of dropping the bomb, like days leading up to the birthday party. And she was sleeping on my couch at that point, you know, and I was very upset, you know, to find out these things that were happening to my friends and Brittany, who has been nothing but an incredible friend to me from day one is, is such an angel. Like when that was happening, I felt really really bad for her and at that specific moment in time in that moment i remember like it was yesterday even though i was so lit off the jmo like i just remember Brittany was taking shot after shot after shot as i was just <laughs> sipping it down oh, and she was getting tanked and i was just seeing people getting pulled left and right aside from me and i'm like wow this is actually happening right now like the, the bomb that was dropped. the season premiere right that was when all that thing that, yeah that, that, I, that party yeah i just i just was seeing like it was going down people were being told what was going down so the cat was already out of the bag at that point and i didn't even know if cameras were around at that point like they're always hiding behind the bushes and stuff like that sometimes in scenes like that you know people forget like yeah we're filming a show but we're also like, there's a lot of bodies involved in this. You know, there's a lot of people that are, are on the show that are our friends that are involved as well. So we're drinking, we're having a good time. We're genuinely having a party and these things are happening. We're having a lot of conversations that aren't being filmed. So, you know, we were genuinely just having a conversation at that time. And I just remember seeing Brittany just going shot for oh. shot for shot for shot. And I, I just was like... I couldn't hold it in. Like a lot of people that genuinely know me would know that I wear my heart on, on my sleeve. So I can't be fake. Like if I want to protect my friend in that specific moment in time and I have something to say, like that's when I said it. And I, I, I may have spilled the beans at the wrong time. A lot of people were mad at me. A lot of people were angry. A lot of people came for me and, and said I did that for thirst reasons or fame reasons mm-hmm. to, get, to get my camera time. It, it really genuinely wasn't about that. It was genuinely me being drunk as fuck and seeing <laughs> one of my best friends get tanked. And I just wanted to give her a heads up so she didn't look like a fool. Yeah, And that's what it was. I, I I don't even know how I said it, but it came out the way it did. And I think it was very awkward in my own drunken perspective of how it came about. But that's what happened. And, um, you know, it is what it wow. is. It's I not mean, history. I, I mean, that's about, but I mean, looking back on the other side, everything worked out on the other side. I mean, you know, I mean, it, it seems like it, it kind of things happened for a reason and it might have made their relationship stronger in the end, obviously. Yeah, I mean, look at them now. I'm I'm proud of the two of them now where they are. Like, they have the cutest baby ever. Like, I, I just DM'd Brittany the other day, and I was like, wow. He is little baby couchy. <laughs> so freaking 
literally so yeah, I mean, is cute. It, I mean, is there going to be a baby off in Vanderpump? We need Lala's baby. We need Jackson, Brittany's baby. And we need, I mean, I mean, they're not on the show, but maybe little baby Couchy can be on the show, you know? Hey, you know what? It's 2021. Let's bring a Rugrats IRL into into, into <laughs> fruition, you know, like a live action Rugrats. Let's go. Um, well, Jesse Montana, I really think you are an exemplary human being, um, uh, very inspirational. Um, I want to really implore people to go check out your music on Spotify. I'm going to put the link up and I, I played uh, the song. Okay. Earlier, go check that out. Add that to your summer playlist. I think that actually is a nice chill bop for a drive home from anywhere that you had a great time that day. It's probably the perfect song to cap off an evening. Um, uh, anything else that we can support you with Jesse? Um, I just want to say thank you, Ryan Bailey. Uh, it was a pleasure to have you, um, invite me to do this today um really really appreciate it uh podcasts scare me because i've gotten some hot water over the years oh, yeah um, i don't want to so... i don't want to get anybody in hot water i just kind of want to highlight who you are and 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 i think you have a story to tell and i i really i think i speak for a lot of the the viewers i want to see uh i i mean i want to see you on vanderpump rules more i want to know more about your yeah. story you know I told, I told my manager, I'm like, I'm very scared for this interview. Like, but I, I appreciate the opportunity. So like, let's go and do it, you know? Um, and, uh, you know, with everything that we talked about today with AAPI and Black Lives Matter, you know, it's still not too late to get involved. We are still fighting the good fight. If anybody uh, wants to get involved still um, on my Instagram, I do have a link tree link. Um, for everything that is out there, you know, for my music and anything. But if you want to get involved, there is a link in my bio uh, to kind of pitch in resources on how you can get involved with the AAPI movement as well as the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, so yeah, please. So go, guys, please go follow support. him on Instagram. Um, tell him you liked him on this uh, this podcast. And if you are in Los Angeles and he's playing, make sure you check him out. He might be playing at Sir. He might be playing in San Diego, but he definitely will be out and about. So please let us support Jesse Montana. Thank you so much for spending this much time with us today, Jesse. Yes. Happy pan. Well, happy post pandemic. Happy post pandemic. And, uh, <laughs> I hope you can rest up one of these days. <laughs> yes, Ryan. Thank you so much. Five, four. Betches.